from what she said, from whence she came. David, what is your... From what? Whence? What hmm? is your favorite field roast product? Ooh. I'm Dustin Harder, and this is Keep On Cooking. Hello there, and welcome to Keep On Cooking, the podcast dedicated to plant-based cookbooks and the authors who wrote those cookbooks. I'm your host, Dustin Harder, and he's obsessed with pepperoni. You know what I'm saying, the salami, vegan salami, that is, which makes this field roast dedicated episode great for him. I'm here with my husband and producer of the podcast, Mr. Rossetti. How you doing, Rosie? I like salami. <laughs> Girl, you know it's true. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh my gosh, but we love field roast. We love we and we've loved field roast for years. For a long, long time. Kind of like pioneers and like they're amazing. They and really are. I, you know, I what I had I so I talk about it a little bit in the interview, so I'll just explain it now. I partnered with them. For those that don't know, I have a web series called The Vegan Roadie. It's like a plant-based version of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Good. Now I got that out of the way. For the second season of it, I partnered with Field Roast, and they actually got me a van with my logo on the side of it and their logo, and they sponsored my trip around the country to film season two around America, North America. It was amazing. We did a Canadian episode as well. But it was so cool because I also worked with them part of the trade-off was that I did all these pop-up events at different uh, co-ops. So like I did these huge grilling events where I would uh, give out their hot dogs and their burgers for free to like vegans and non-vegans, like literally my dream come true where I just got to feed non-vegans food that I believed could like change their minds. Like at places that weren't necessarily vegan. No, right? they were co-ops. So like a lot of vegan people, but also just people who want, you know, their grass fed beef and like humane. There's no such thing as humane meat if you're listening, but I'm not going to go down that road. Right Don't now. go there. But, um, but um, also I stopped when I was on the tour with the van, we stopped in the middle of filming in Madison, Wisconsin, and we did the brat fest with their That's new so bratwurst cool. at the time. It wasn't even on the market, but like we fed People in Wisconsin, bratwurst all afternoon. Yeah. It was amazing. It was so cool. You got to help me with some of those cookouts. Yeah. It was such a good time. Yeah. And they just, they grill up so nice. And I mean, I just would say like very consistent, like across the uh -huh. board. Very. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We had them at, we had uh, we did. those Frankfurters. So we had a cookout for our wedding for the uh, uh, reception part. And uh, which by the way, if you want to take the, if you're having a laid back wedding and you want to take the stress off the food, have a cookout. Have a cookout like buffet oh my line. Gosh, honey, shout out to Trish and Trish the dish. Taryn. Trish the dish and Taryn, my two lovely friends who helped make that all come to uh, life that day. But, but we yeah. had Frank. Uh, the, the field roast frankfurters and field roast burgers at that and everyone loved them loved them loved them it was Raved. so cool yeah um but yeah we've been a fan for a long time so david let's do a little book flip i was really excited when this book came out so it's by tommy mcdonald who's the head chef there it's called field roast 101 artisan vegan meat recipes to cook share and savor what are you flipping open to in that book my well dear? something that i know i would love orange szechuan 
broccoli and Ooh, grain it looks so good. That looks really tasty, nice and like dark sauce. We actually, babe, we need to. I've made. Oh, I've made that. I've made that macaroni and chow, mm-hmm. which is chow is their cheese. You can cheese. get that in the frozen section, but you can also make it fresh which from this is book. Delicious. I've made that cauliflower gratin as well. Cauliflower Sorry. gratin. Didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, why you? Why are you all up in my book? I got excited. You're all up in my book. It was very delicious. All right, what's this other one? Do you know what we haven't actually made from this oh. book though? Is that actually they give the meat recipes? We need to make that sometime. Oh, they I would do. Love to get hands on in the kitchen with you, Mr. Rosetti, and make some. Let's awesome do it. Grain Let's see, is there anything else? Ooh, mm-hmm. sausage stuffed tomatoes with tomato jus. Delicious. We had those. That's French for juice. That's the first one I made from this book. It's delicious. That's give, amazing. Give that us one like... more. Oh, one more. One more. Oh, what's this? I don't know. Tell what's us. What's Mafungos? Oh, I don't know. It looks delicious. Hold on. Yeah, Mafungos. Delicious. Kind of looks like a. I don't know, like it's like stuffed with something. We're gonna look into that. We're gonna look into that. Look, at, look that up and try back. it. Uh, but for now, let me tell you a little bit about Tommy McDonald. He's the executive chef at Greenleaf Foods, where he leads the culinary disciplines for the Field Roast and Light Life brands. In his role, McDonald is responsible for culinary innovation for food service and retail service products, utilizing his culinary skills in menu and recipe development, customer presentations, and partnerships with renowned chefs. Previously, uh, he served as the director of food service sales for Field Roast and worked in kitchens all over the world to educate cooks about plant-based cuisine. McDonald is the author of the cookbook Field Roast, 101 Artisan Vegan Meat Recipes to Cook, Share, and Savor. That's right. And I love this book. I love Field Roast, and I've always been a big fan of Tommy McDonald. Get ready for some tips and tricks and a little peek into the world of Field Roast from the man himself, here to tell us about the art of Field Roast grain meat and more. It's Tommy McDonald. Please welcome to the podcast, the head chef at Field Roast Grain Meat and author of the Field Roast Cookbook, Tommy McDonald. Thanks for chatting with me today, Tommy. Nice to uh, nice to be talking with you again. Yeah, it's good to hear your voice. It's been a long time since I've uh, seen you, so we'll catch up a little bit. It's good. We'll get right into our icebreaker question. If you weren't a chef, what would you be doing? Ooh, I think that I would be leading bicycle tours some somewhere in some glamorous country and planning elaborate outings afterwards at beautiful restaurants and wonderful hotels, which would be a tough business this year. But that's what I do. It would be a tough business this year, but I'm telling you, I wish you could see my face because that sounds fantastic <laughs> to me. Do you, when your family like takes a trip, are you the one who sort of plans everything? Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Okay. For sure. <laughs> so it's just in your nature then. So that would be good for you. Um, mine would start, I, I mean, the things I would do, I guess, I, I don't know. I Maybe I'd be in fitness. I guess I'd work with animals, but I've done that before. And I, I have theater written down here because I guess I would do that but like i've done those things i couldn't think of anything wild and exciting i hadn't done so i'll have to think on it more but i guess i theater would be the thing i'd always rely on also a tough gig this year also a very (laughs) tough gig my husband is actually a director and a choreographer and shockingly he has managed to work he's directed two shows there were virtual shows and he taught like virtual online like theater youth camp so like he managed to work still but it is a tough tough situation right now and a lot of our friends you know we moved from new york so a lot of people in the broadway community just were just sort of like waiting yeah. you know waiting for the time but it'll come as we're, we're hopefully starting to see a little bit of the silver lining a little bit yep yep light at the end of the tunnel 
Yes, yes. Well, how long have you been, for our dear listeners here, how long have you been with Field Rose Grain? Uh, let's see. So December, it was eight years. So ah, congratulations. Yeah, well, it would we would be amiss not to mention David Lee, David Lee, who is, of course, the uh, founder of Field Roast. Can you tell us a little bit about David Lee and the mission of Field Roast? Sure. So let's see. I met David Lee in, I believe, uh, 2011, maybe 2012 at a baseball game in Seattle. Funny, funny place to meet David, but he, uh, <laughs> um, they, they, uh, they sell field roast. At, they still do at the, uh, at the baseball stadium where the Mariners play in Seattle. Um, and so David had brought the company out, I don't know, to the game, they had some tickets or something. And so I, I met him, we struck up a conversation um, and, and he kind of told me about field roast. Now I am from, so if you're from Seattle, you, most people know field roast. It's, it's pretty well known around the city. And I kind of, uh, sure. Uh, I was in, in food at the time working regions. Uh, and so I was pretty familiar with field roast, but um, he talked about uh designing this product to kind of fit a need uh, for people who wanted to eat uh, vegetarian, whether it was, whether it was all the time or just sometimes um, and, and just kind of a lack of delicious options for alternative proteins. So if you, you know, he was like, I'm, I come from a chef background. Um, I opened up this and that restaurant here in Seattle and, and, and he had cooked in kitchens where, you know, it wasn't always exclusively veg vegetarian. And so, you know, he was like, we want to, we wanted to make an option that would appeal to, to those people who may not eat vegetarian all the time. Um, and, and we want to use, you know, good quality ingredients and we want to make big, bold, delicious flavor profiles. So that, that was kind of always the ethos of of field roast from the start and i think you know it it's it's still what hold, what holds true today to the brand those are still the pillars of, of the brand um you know that and 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 really taking pride in in kind of the different uh techniques traditional uh uh, uh techniques artisan techniques that we employ to make the products um and, and really making or approaching it as a craft um which, which is still, you know, a, a pillar of the brand today. Yeah. I mean, when I first discovered field roast, I was just blown away. And my husband at the time who was not vegan or vegetarian was just like, I brought him those and that ended up be, like, I brought him some sausages and it ended up being the things that we would take to impress people who were skeptical about anything that was meatless. We were like, no, no, just try this. And we would like, you know, we would syrup some sausage and put it in some pasta or something, or do it in a um, breakfast for like a breakfast scramble or something. Everyone was always impressed. And when I first found field roast it was if my memory serves it was just sausages and maybe the celebration roast and breakfast sausages but now we've got uh bratwurst the chow cheese line deli slices there's the chef's the chef's signature burger classic nuggets buffalo wings mini corn dogs frankfurters and i think i saw pepperonis <laughs> coming you guys have that too yep pe pepperoni is on the way pepperoni is on That's the way i have some in my fridge right now it's 
awesome. You're going to love it. I can't wait for it. My, and again, I, I'm, I'm talking so much about my husband because he really, he's obsessed with field roast products. And he has said for like the last like few years, he's be like, man, I just wish, I wish field roast would do a pepperoni. So when I told this to him, he freaked out. Is there anything else new coming in the pipeline we can tell our listeners about with uh, field roast products? So the, the pepperoni and the signature stadium dog are going to be the next uh, items that come to market that we're, you know, I think everybody's going to be really excited about those. I, my, my favorite is the new, uh, the new stadium dog. I love the Frankfurter, but this is kind of a new, new take on, on uh, uh, vegetarian hot dogs, right? So this is more All right. kind of along the lines of a Nathan's hot dog. So ah. um, yeah. Yeah. So little, little smaller format, but really nice kind of kiss of smoke. Um, we, sure. we smoke them, uh, we smoke them over maple, uh, maple wood. And so it's got, it, we double smoke it actually. So it's got a really nice kind of, uh, uh, nice, really appropriate touch of smoke to it. Um, and it's, uh, it, it kind of forms, in the same way that a, that a regular hot dog would, um, like if you think of a Nathan's or a ballpark Frank, um, they don't have like a meat, ca- a meat casing on the outside. They, uh, uh, a skin kind of forms on the dog as it's smoked. Um, this, we kind of employ the same technique. So it's got a really nice kind of uh, skin on the outside of the dog without us having to use a casing. Well, I will not lie. The Frankfurters have been a favorite of ours uh, for a long time. Summer comes and we can't wait to grill them. Um, and I worked with you guys previously. I did that cookout across America tour and yeah. it was everyone when they tried those. So I can only, I, I, everybody that we cooked for and we served the burgers to and the Frankfurters for, it just blew their minds. Uh, vegan, non-vegan, everybody. I mean, I even did, when I was with you guys, we stopped at like the Bratwurst Fest in Madison, Wisconsin, yeah. and everyone was so impressed impressed when we serve them the field roast products. So I'm really excited for this, uh, signature signature. Uh, wait, what is it? The, the stadium stadium, the stadium dog, dog. is right. Yeah. yeah. Ah, it's going to be great. So excited. Have you seen the new, uh, the new chow flavors yet? No. What do we have? Okay, so they're, you, you know, the creamy original chow. Yes. Just kind of like, yes. that's everybody's favorite. So, so we were like, we need to kind of branch off on that. So we did a spicy version. So a lot like a pepper jack, it's got kind of the red and green flecks of pepper nice. in it. It's nice and spicy. Uh, and then there's a smoked version as well. So a uh, very, very light amount of smoke, but really, really delicious. Um, so that's, that's great. making an, uh, an eggplant Parmesan with that and the pepperoni. I kind of sliced nice. it in and put it right in, in the middle uh, of the two eggplant slices. It was really nice. Oh, I'm hungry. This sounds amazing. (laughs) And that's like, you're talking about that little bit of creaminess plus a little bit of smoky. I mean, that's all you need for the cheese. That's a great combination. Well, I will uh, keep my eyes out for those. Very, very excited to hear there's more stuff coming out because uh, we can never get enough. So congrats to you on uh, more things rolling out. That's very exciting. Thank you. Well, yeah, of course. And as I said, I met you uh, previously, 2016, I think it was, I partnered with Field Roast when I was filming the second season of The Vegan Roadie. And I spent some time with you guys and I had a really great time getting to know you and some of the team. And this cookbook, I really, I think it might be a misconception that people think it is a book solely on crafting field roast meat products when it's so much more expansive than that. It, you know, you do give a view on how to the artisan craft of it, but 
it goes beyond that. Can you tell the listeners a bit about the book, sort of an overview of it? Yeah, sure. Okay. So uh, it's a very funny story, but David and I had always kind of kicked around the idea of doing a cookbook for, for Field Roast because he always, he always felt like the method of making Field Roast, um, kind of employing that, that seitan or grain base and, and, and turning it into, you know, popular forms of, of meat, if you will. Um, but using like traditional techniques, he was like, that should be kind of open source, if you will. So he was like, we want to share those ideas. Um, so we always kind of like kick, kick the idea around. And then one day, no joke, a, a publisher walked into the, the, um, office down in Soto where, you, where you kicked off your tour, um, yeah. walked in and he was like, Hey, I was just walking around the neighborhood. And you remember, you remember <laughs> that neighborhood. It's not like a walkable neighborhood. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, what? It's like not even all the roads are paved. It's like the industrial part of the city. And, uh-huh. and so he walks in and he goes, uh, I was walking around and my son, uh, you know, he listens, he's like 17. He listens to death metal. He doesn't eat any meat. And uh, I don't understand anything about him, but he's got this in the fridge and it is awesome. He's like, I had to come by and see you guys. And so we just started talking and he was like, he was like, I love the idea. We should do a book. So um, the idea was to kind of share how to make field roast at home, which we do. We talk about that. Sure. But then also it, it's kind of how to use it um, in, in the context of your kitchen. Um, so if you're kind of curious about uh, food and big flavors and, and, and are kind of apt to take on these kind of fun, cool, slow food projects in the kitchen. Um, it's, it's kind of a great little guidebook on how to do it in a, in a plant-based way, employing, you know, kind of what we do at field roast, but in your own kitchen. So, um, a lot of tips, tips and tricks on how to get, um, uh, really great flavors in, in the kitchen. Um, but, but doing it all plant-based. Um, and then what I did in in kind of crafting the recipes that went into it, I Seattle's such a melting pot for food and flavor, and it's so broad and all the things you can get. Um, and there's the Pike Place Market, and and there's all these cool different um, kind of ethnic grocery stores and regional cuisines that are available. So um, I kind of just poached all my favorite dishes and recipes and things that I had learned, uh, in, or, or, or grew up with in Seattle, um, you know, like banh mi sandwiches or, uh, what else is in, there's a nice, uh, Thai curry in there. That's really awesome. There's some, there's some kind of Chinese, uh, take on Chinese food, uh, different Chinese dishes, Szechuan dishes. Uh, there's a little bit of everything. It's kind of broad spectrum, but it's, but it's, doing it plant-based with, with a uh, field roast or like a field roast type product as the star of the show. So obviously all the recipes kind of use the different meats you would, you would be crafting at home, or you can sub in the different uh, uh, field roast product that you could get at the store. So there's like different sausages, deli slices, burgers, things like that. Um, you can, you can sub those into 
Uh, and it's just, it's just kind of fun, right? It's, it's like these really food forward, big, bold flavors, um, cool ingredients, but doing it all plant-based. Uh, and so that was kind of our approach for the book. And then we, we teamed up with a local photographer and it is just like totally gorgeous. <laughs> oh, the book is stunning. It really is gorgeous. It is really great photography. It's, it's better than we deserve, I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's always a good thing when you're like, I would, you're like, we couldn't have anticipated it being this good. That's fantastic. Oh, I know. Right? I, we got done. It came back the first pressing and I was like, oh my gosh, wow. Uh-huh, I didn't uh-huh. even know it was going to be anywhere close to this. This is amazing. But yeah, it's, yeah, it was a really, really fun project to do. And it's, we're really proud of the book. You should be. It's a fantastic book. And I do love that it's so expansive and you do give people the options to either make some stuff from scratch to put into these other recipes or buy the products that are readily available. So people can sort of choose their own adventure on how deep they want to dive into it. Um, And I like to do that too, because it gives people the opportunity to sort of, if you want to, if they're not ready to like dive so deep, they can make something. And then if they really love it, they can be like, okay, I'm going to make that other component now and make everything from scratch. So they can kind of, it meets them where they're at kind of, which I love. Totally. And, and, and also on, on top of that, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these meat recipes, they freeze really well. So, so there's some kind of base ingredients that go into the sausages and things like that. And when you make them, you can just kind of bag them up and keep them in the freezer and throw them together um, you know, on, on the fly, which is really nice. That's, that's great. So you can have things when you need them. Now you, when it came to writing a book, are there any, do you have any, I'm, I'm curious about a vegan cookbook in your life, but have you had any cookbooks like your first cookbook you remember that inspired you? Oh my gosh. Let me see. Um, I was always really into kind of cooks illustrated. Um, okay. I, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh, no, is that so? Is that like a magazine? It's a magazine, right? And, okay. and I think they're affiliated with with kind of America's Test Kitchen as well. But they do they, they do this okay. awesome magazine where instead of having like a, a high res kind of beautiful glossy photo, they do a, a kind of wonderful illustration. Um, and they'll illustrate the the steps, uh, but the recipes are always really really well done. Um, let's see. Also in in Seattle kind of the famous Seattle chef is Tom Douglas. So I remember getting uh, one of his cookbooks when I was, uh, when I was a little kid and being like, <laughs> I'm going to make one. I'm going to make the, the creme caramel, which is the, that was the first thing I made. And uh, I remember it, it, it was a total bust. <laughs> <laughs> it was a total bust. So, uh, not that the recipe is a bust. I'm sure the recipe is great. I sure. Just, sure. I needed another go at it. I think. So, yeah. You were just getting started. I mean, yeah. we all start somewhere. <laughs> so it's funny. I posted like a super fail on Instagram or something a few weeks ago. And someone was like, Oh my God, you just made me feel so good that like you're a chef and you mess up too. And I was like, Oh, listen, I'm like, that's half the name of the game. Oh, like getting the into time. this. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the whole point when you're trying to get to that end game is like, there's going to be lots of missteps in between. Yep. there. Yeah. Well, we're talking about the cookbook, Field Roast 101 Artisan Vegan Meat Recipes to Cook, Share, and Savor. Let's dive into chapter one, roast, stuffed roast, 
and breaded cutlets. So this is like the chapter sort of goes into the art of making vegan charcuterie at home with a mushroom herb roast, steakhouse roast, holiday Wellington, and even a pastrami roast. I will say this is for someone who wants to dig deep. These can be the beginnings of some of the other recipes. What is a must try recipe from this chapter? Um, I think what I, what I really like um, are just the simple, uh, the simple roast. I think the lemongrass uh, roast is really nice. Um, it's a, it's a very basic kind of, uh, approach to, to making grain meat. Um, and it's, and it's really the base for a lot of the other recipes, but it's really flavorful as is, I mean, kind of the, the field roast roast, uh, is, is a very close approximation to seitan. Um, and what I, what I really like to do with it, what I've been toying around with the last couple of years um is braising them uh and, and kind of softening them up a little bit and then and then finishing them uh under under a nice hot heat to put a, a crust yes. on the outside um so, yes. so so really infusing it with some flavor and and building some tenderness and and then just roasting it out uh on the outside and getting a good crust so then you can do all kinds of stuff with it right you can cut it up and cube it up put it in stir fries and fried rice or, or, uh, put it in a soup. Um, you can, you know, there's a nice, uh, a dumpling that's, that's in the, uh, in the book as well that uses the lemongrass roast, which is, which is really, really awesome. It's just a good, it's a good base protein for all kinds of things. Yeah, I was gonna say, I feel like I did see as I flipped through and I was reading a lot of the different recipes, I saw that lemongrass one a lot. So I feel like that would be a good one to master. Yeah. Well, and we move into more vegan meat goodness in chapter two with uh, bound grounds, grind sausages, meatloaf, and burgers. Well, one might think they would just find the classic field roast apple sage sausage in this chapter, but this is a culinary sort of tour de force with you in here of sausages here with things like the fennel and garlic sausage and smoked potato and artichoke sausage. There's also a pepper stuffed burgers in here. Can you tell us more about those? Yeah. So the burger's really cool, right? So a lot of, uh, so all of these field roast type products we, we use, um, we use grains or in, in the book, we're using a, a product called vital wheat gluten, which is a high protein flour. Uh, and so it works a lot. I mean, it works like flour does, right? So you add, right. you add water to the, to the flour and it becomes very elastic, right? So once you start, um, once you start working the dough, when you've added the water, it, it starts to kind of stick to your hand, sticks to the bowl, um, and when you're putting these recipes together, uh, it's a little bit like making a cookie dough where you'll, you'll kind of mix everything together. And at the very end, the last thing you're going to add is the flour and it's going to bring it all together. Well, when you make the burger, you'll do all your, your wet ingredients. Um, and then, and then you'll take the plant-based saturated fat. You can either use coconut oil, or you can use some, some palm oil. But you basically, it, when you mix the fat in with the vital wheat gluten, it doesn't act like it does when you add the water in. So you can make this kind of slurry and, and disperse this fat throughout the burger. I know it sounds kind of funny, but. No, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, what happens yeah. is it makes it a really nice juicy burger. So, right. so it doesn't get all, it doesn't get all dried out, um, you know, with, with a lot of different plant-based burgers 
obviously they're going to be a lot healthier than the meat counterpart, but um, they, they can suffer on the grill. Sometimes they get a little dry and, and they're not so tasty. And with a burger, you know, with a burger and if, if you've got that burger craving, there's only one thing that's going to solve the burger craving and it's a big juicy burger. And so, right. so getting that fat kind of dispersed throughout the burger um, I, I, is, is really nice and it makes for a really kind of juicy end product. So the technique I think in making that burger is really cool. And then you can kind of stuff it with whatever you want. Um, that one we're doing, we're doing peppers, but you can do cheese um, or roasted garlic or, or, you know, whatever you've got little condiments in the fridge. We just moved to, Chicago, you could put some Jardinera in the middle. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to that Jardinera. I love that. Well, and you've got, so does that have, that's made with the sort of the basic recipe that you have in there for the, the meat grind, yes. right? The grain meat grind. Yep. Great. And I know everyone listening, they use a meat grinder for this, but in the book, you tell people if they don't have one, we can use a food processor. Is that totally correct? when we, when we were writing the book, we tried to go through and, and just give some some practical alternatives to, to some of the specialty equipment and techniques that we were doing. Right. So if you don't have a meat grinder, you can use your food processor or you can even just chop it up with the knife. You just want to make a nice mince. Uh, obviously meat sure. grinder is going to be the easiest way to do it, but whatever you've got in the kitchen, you can, you can kind of make it work. Also, if you, if you don't, if you don't have casings, we give you a nice, um, uh, spot on the on the internet, a nice uh, uh, link to go find uh, some some non animal based casings. Um, oh great! We've got uh, I think two different options on there. They're both BPA free plastic uh, plastic nice. casings, and they're cheap, super super cheap. But if you don't have those or you don't want to get them, um, we give you a nice technique on how to do it with with foil and uh, and wax paper. I love it. It's little tips and tricks and everyone at home who's thinking you need a meat grinder, all is not lost. You've got uh, different uh, variations in here. So that's sure. great. We move into the uh, breakfast chapter next, opening up with chicken fried sausage and waffles and a decadent recipe for biscuits and gravy with spicy sausage and corn. Yep. I'm drooling over that. Delicious. What is a favorite breakfast recipe of yours? So I really, really loved writing that uh that chicken and waffles recipe. It was, yes. it was kind of a, it was like my own personal challenge to myself. So in Seattle, <laughs> there's a famous uh, fried chicken place called Izell's. And if you go in, there's this picture from like the early nineties of Oprah and it's Oprah's favorite fried chicken. That's kind of their claim to fame. <laughs> no joke. Totally. And it's, and it's just like this awesome old school picture of Oprah. Um, and so, so they're kind of famous throughout Seattle, but they do the, the breading that they do on the outside of the chicken is kind of like the, the cornflake uh, style breading. So you, okay. you crunch up cornflakes and you do your seasoning blend and, and it makes it a really nice uh, kind of chicken fry on the outside. The crust is awesome. Right. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do kind of an homage to that. And, and so we're using the sausage as kind of the dark meat. So that would be, that would be like the chicken thigh or the dark meat piece. And then for the white meat, it's a, uh, it's a maitake mushroom. Um, that's, and then and we're just doing it with the same breading. So then you have white meat, dark meat, um, and, and, and then it's a really awesome waffle recipe. Um, it's in the, 
it's an approximation of David Lee's famous uh, waffle mix. Um, All right. No one's allowed to know the recipe for it. And this, is, <laughs> this is a total approximation of it, right? So it's it's <laughs> by no means his recipe. Sure, sure. But but yes, it's a shout out to David Lee on, on the, on the waffles great. there. Oh, I love that. That's great. Well, can you, can you also tell me about the green machine breakfast burrito? Sure. Yeah. So that one's really nice because, um, instead of using a tortilla, um, we're using a collard leaf as the tortilla on the outside, which, um, I know I I love collards and collard greens. Uh, I mean, just stewed greens. So awesome. Um, but I also like to use collard greens in, in, different ways so right as a tortilla it's really great it's super sturdy um so you can just load your load your tofu scramble up um some field roast sausage in in the middle and it rolls up really nice it holds sturdy you can roll them the day before whereas like a a regular tortilla might get a little stale or a little soggy sure the 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 collard leaf totally holds up um i just put a little cellophane on the outside right um but that's a great that's a great way to use collards uh, and, and cut out a tortilla. I love that. I never thought about the make ahead aspect of the collard green wrap of any sort, but that is definitely true. That's so good. Yeah. Right. Cause if it softens up uh, great. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's just a little easier to chew and digest. Yeah. So that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, sandwiches, there is a sandwich chapter. What I love learning about field roast when I partnered with you guys is that you offer a lot of food service items, which I, I didn't really know before. And I was out to lunch with David at some point somewhere and they literally had like two to three sandwiches on the menu with field road stuff on it, field roast stuff on it. And then another time I was out with Kylie who used to do like marketing stuff with you guys. And we were at another place in Seattle and there was a sandwich shop and I I had the best sandwich. I can't remember the name of these places, but like it was one of the best sandwiches I ever had. It was so good. (laughs) And it was, you know, the star of it was field roast. So this chapter is mouthwatering from start to finish makes me think of those delicious sandwiches. Can you tell me about that? You mentioned it once before, but the smoky bon me that utilizes the field roast celebration yep yep so um simple kind of take on on the banh mi right just the pickled pickled veggies simple pickled veggies daikon carrots you can kind of just like make make a double or triple a batch of that and just hold it around i you know it holds really well in the fridge i use it in salads and stuff like that if you can get past the 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 stinky daikon radish smell being in your fridge it's a really nice kind of fresh <laughs> condiment. Um, so, so that's, I think, a really a, a hallmark of a good banh mi sandwich. Um, you know, cool cucumber, some, some yeah. jalapeno. And then it's just got kind of a nice little um, Asian-style barbecue glaze on the outside of the meat. Uh, just a real quick kind of pan, pan fry on it. So you can cut it into strips or <clears throat> you, can, you could cut it. Uh, thin slice and and cook it in the in the barbecue sauce, or you could even crumble it up and cook it in the barbecue sauce, depending on on how you how you prefer it in the sandwich. I mean, a banh mi is kind of just the the condiments that go with it. They're just a vehicle for for the meat that's going inside, and really, you could kind of make it however you want it. I prefer it in in strips, um, kind of seared off with the barbecue sauce. It's really nice. Nice. Well, and I'm a fan of Philly cheesesteaks. You have a Southwest Philly cheesesteak in here also utilizes a celebration roast. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah. So, um, I mean, just that's kind of what the book 
is 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 all about is just doing some really classic um classic flavors with a little bit of a twist right uh and then doing it plant-based so so like in seattle um it's it's west coast so we have (laughs) we have we have a ton of really great mexican food not as much as california uh, sure, um, sure. But but we still have a ton of great Mexican food. So and especially Mexican street food. So um, you know, just kind of an homage to that, but doing it plant-based. Um before we were in the facility that we were at, um, where we launched your tour, we were at uh our facility was um in a neighborhood in Seattle called Little Saigon. So that's kind of why the banh mi sandwich is is in there it's it's an homage to that but then also right down the street there was like four taco buses in a row um so that's kind of why we get why we get that some of the mexican uh influence and flair into the book as well oh cool well and what about is there a sandwich in here that is a favorite of yours something that had to be in that you just loved um i really like the torta um it's it's uh it's the torta ahogada right so it's it's uh i think it means what does it mean soaking wet uh it's it's basically the bread is dipped in this really nice kind of pepper sauce um and then it uses a uses the the mexican chipotle uh or the approximation in the book of what would be the field roast mexican chipotle sausage um you grill it up uh you know, some, some nice, cool avocado, uh, red onions, cilantro. Um, and then the bread is dipped in this, in this wonderful kind of, um, pepper, uh, pepper sauce that you make. Um, and then it's grilled. So it's a little bit messy, right? It's a super messy sandwich. And if you look, if you look in the book, when we shot it, it's just like slopped down. And it's, it's beautiful. It's like <laughs> as glamorous as a messy sandwich could be, but it's, it's kind of slopped down on the board. And it's just like a big old beer glass of beer right next to it. Cause like, that's what you're going to need when you eat this sandwich. It's hot and spicy and messy and just totally delicious. But I think that's probably my favorite sandwich in the book. It sounds delicious. The messier, the better, if you ask me. Well, we have a soup chapter in this book, which I was, uh, I was surprised to see. We talked a little bit about how, when, you know, the per with the person, the publisher literally walked into your, uh, your building, but when you guys decided to do the book, um, was it hard to piece together then what sort of felt on brand for field roast? And like, when you thought like, were, when you did, were you like soup, we definitely need a soup chapter or did that kind of come a surprise as a surprise to you as well? Or did you know how you could tackle that? Uh, oof. uh, let me see. I think when we just, when we, when we set out to make the book, um, before we kind of settled on the chapters, um, we really kind of sat down and we were like, you know, we play around a lot in the, in the field roast kitchen. So we're always, we're always kind of playing around with flavors, um, you know, kind of testing, you know, different ways to use the product and different avenues we can go and just doing a lot of exploring. Right. And and we're just like, overall, we're very curious about food. Um, and that's, and that's kind of what's so awesome about, about plant-based is we can, it's a really fresh take, um, on a lot of, uh, a lot of classic recipes, dishes, flavors. Um, so it's always very, very fun and exciting. So we're always kind of exploring. So when we sat down, to kind of see where the book was going to go. It was like, all right, let it rip. 
what have we done that's really fun? You know, what are we, what are we really excited about right now? What do we go get for lunch? What do we go eat for lunch? You know, yeah. what are we, what are we, and, and I'm, I'm that type of person where, where like, if I'm out to lunch, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to start going back out to lunch, by the way. But when I'm out to, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> when I'm out to lunch, I'm having something that's really awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm totally going to ask the, the, the wait staff what, what's going on in there. Like, sure. Right. Sure. So, so one of the dishes in here is a, um, is a curry, right? So, so it's, uh, uh, it's cow soy. So it's, it's kind of like a, it's soup, um, yellow curry with, with coconut. Um, and, and it's got uh, a whole bunch of stuff going on in it, but the idea or the dish is totally inspired by, um, by Andy Ricker. And and he's a chef out of Portland and he's got this place called Pock Pock. And he's all about, you know, traditional Thai flavors that you're not going to get like the, the goofy American Thai restaurant right around the corner. Right. Right. Real Thai food. So, so I'm just like totally, and 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 he's like, and he's hard line on all the stuff. So it's all got to be really authentic. Um, and, and his book is amazing. And, um, we had a, a, a QA quality assurance tech that used to work at Fieldrest and, and he was all about that, that book. And we were like, how can we do these dishes plant-based? Obviously we're going to have to like, we're not doing fish sauce, right? We can't, we can't right. do shrimp paste, but a lot of these other ingredients, you know, a lot of these dishes are mostly plant-based. And so one of, you know, one of the things that, that I was really enamored with was just doing these curry pastes from, from scratch. Um, and, and the, you know, in Seattle and on the West coast and I'm finding places to get it here in Chicago. Um, and, and more and more when I travel are these like really beautiful ingredients, galangal and, and lemongrass and lime, mm-hmm. fresh lime leaves, if you can find them, um, and, and Thai peppers, um, and just kind of the beautiful layers that you can build in, into the, uh, into the dish, um, by, by using these things fresh rather than just like opening up a jar of the curry paste and dumping it in, which sure. is, which is fine too, in a pinch. Great. It's awesome. It, it tastes, it tastes right. awesome, but when you do it from scratch, oh my gosh, it's, it's so wonderful and simple and beautiful. And, and so I don't know, long, long story short. It's all, it's, we were just inspired. We were just inspired by the things that we eat and, and uh, the things that we've done in the kitchen. Well, it, you say long story short, but honestly, that's the story I, I, I was happy to hear. It is so uh, cool to hear how you've been inspired, you know, sandwich chapter, the soup chapter, the things around you that have inspired you. I mean, you, you go out and you're tasting and then you're getting inspired and it's just cool to hear uh, how you've incorporated it into this book. I mean, Jackson street, five alarm chili I'm seeing is that is Jackson street, a place in Seattle or what's, what is yep. that? Ja- is that Jackson a- street is the, is the street um, where the previous field roast facility was so yep it runs it runs down capitol hill the uh the uh, uh south end of capitol hill into into downtown seattle and so our facility was right on the side of the hill there 
I love that. This book is like a like a nice little homage then to the surroundings of, you know, where Field Roast has been. So that's really cool. Uh, I've got on my list from this chapter that I'm going to have to make the roasted sugar pie, pumpkin stew and mushroom burgundy stew. I'm a big stew person. So yes. I'm excited. The sugar, the sugar pie, pumpkin one is a good showstopper when, when you're having folks over uh, next fall. So you Perfect. roast the whole stew inside of the pumpkin. Um, yeah. So it's a great presentation when you kind of pull it out of the, of the oven and then kind of spoon the soup out, um, and, and kind of scrape some of the, some of the pumpkin flesh off the side of the, it's awesome. Let's just have everyone going, Ooh, too. That's always good. Uh, well the soup chapter was a pleasant surprise. And then we've got salads next. The salad chapter is smack dab in the middle of the field roast grain meat cookbook. Tommy, this is a chef's cookbook through and through your chef and the dishes in here. They just look exquisite. And this isn't like a bowls chapter with items haphazardly thrown into a bowl. These are Beautifully crafted veg forward salad items. The autumn rocket salad with chai crisp looks so yummy using the field roast creamy original chow slices to make the crisp. And this honestly is maybe the best salad chapter I've ever seen in a book. Can you tell us what a couple of your favorite creations are in the salad chapter? Sure. So um that uh that chow crisp that chow crisp is is really fun. Um when we when we first released chow. Um, our, our marketing team had, uh, it was when we first kind of started, uh, talking to influencers. So it was, it was a while ago, right? It was like, yeah, <laughs> right? when, when influence, sure. the idea of influencers were, was like a new thing. We're like, yeah, this is so, this is so weird and abstract. We gotta, we gotta get out there. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and so we were talking to influencers and we kind of get, we sent them some products and we're like, okay, so what? you know, give us, you know, give us some cool dishes, like take, take this out of the box and, and like have, have fun with it. And so one of the, uh, uh, one of the influencers sent back what it, it who, who it was specifically, but it, the, the photo wasn't great, but it was, uh, it was like a, <laughs> it was like a Parmesan Frico, uh, but done with the chow cheese. So you just, you just oh. take the, the chow cheese and you shred it um, uh, really kind of fine and you spread it out on, on like wax paper or a silk pad um, and, then, and then bake it in the oven to a crisp and it makes a really nice kind of cheesy cracker. Um, and, and, and you nice. kind of like webs together in, in what looks like a snowflake or it's, it's really pretty. Um, but it's, it is pretty. I'm looking at it. It's gorgeous. It's so nice to top a salad with because it, it looks great. Um, and then it adds some nice texture and, and kind of salt, uh, crispiness to the salad. Right. So really, really kind of adds something, some depth to it. So I really like that. Um, and then what else? There's a fresh juice curry salad dressing in there that, um, that goes on one of the salads that goes on one of the citrus salads. And, uh, and that dressing is nice. It's just like, throw it all in the Vitamix. Um, there's fresh carrots in there. Uh, and, and then, and then you just use curry powder and it's just like a hippy dippy. I I used to, I used to work (laughs) at the co-op. Uh, we used to make all kinds Uh, of stuff like that. And, and there's just kind of something, down home, uh, soul food heat to me about it. It's just like, that's, that's my, 
I don't know. That's my comfort food a little bit. I get it. I get it. It's so funny. I am um, when I, 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 I just, I work as a culinary director for a brand in Atlanta now, and they do a lot of, we do a lot of raw foods, a lot of vegan foods. And when I first came, they had this bar that they've had forever. And I was like this, we've got, they were like, oh, it's not selling well. I said, we need to get rid of it. And they were like, well, what's the problem? And I was like, I said, it's, it's fine. And it's delicious. I said, but this is literally something I would have gotten 15 years ago as a vegan at like a little health food store. And I would have been like, I would have been so happy. I found it. I'm like, but we've gone past yes. that now. Like we can do we've, better, you we've know, graduated to better things. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I'm, I'm proud to say we no longer serve it, but it was a little bit of a, a fight in the beginning, but all is well now they got it. They understood. Well, we have a vegetables and sides chapter bursting with create creativity from the jump with items like uh, pickled mustard greens and with crispy noodle cake, caramel, apple, Brussels, citrus, and chili slaw. There's also the cauliflower gratin, which I have made that and it was creamy, comforting, and delicious. What about this smoked oyster mushroom stuffing? Can you tell us about the smoked oyster mushroom stuffing? Totally. So uh, when you you go to Thanksgiving, uh, everybody kind of comes together and everybody has their dish that they make. Um, And I totally love stuffing. And every, it feels like, um, it feels like different regions of the country have different approaches to stuffing. I have this, uh, this funny kind of New York times, old New York times cookbook. And it has all these old school regional recipes from like the fifties and sixties. And it breaks down like different regional stuffings. Um, and, and it even has, it even has the specific Northwest one in there that uses smoked oysters in the stuffing, um, which, uh, my grandma must have done that at some point in my life. Somebody uses used canned smoked oysters in, in the stuffing. So that's kind of what people do in the Pacific Northwest. So <clears throat> as, excuse me, as kind of an homage to that, instead of using smoked canned oysters, which are, are super gross, um, <laughs> we use, I mean, true. Yeah, we use smoked oyster mushrooms, which are super delicious. Um, and, and just do a classic, you know, artisan bread stuffing. That's great. Stuffing is, I, I just interviewed, uh, sweet potato soul. She was on here yesterday and she, I think she's got two stuffings in her book. She was like, I had to, I couldn't help it. Like, you know, everyone loves stuffing. It's always such a good thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a great addition, you know, to any meal, any book, but of course a holiday, of course. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we get the mac and cheese. It's always my favorite recipe in any book. I'm always scoping out the mac and cheese. Uh, can you tell us about the mac and chow in here? Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of two approaches to uh, to to plant based mac and cheese. I feel like you either have like the um, the the cheese um, you the cheese based right where you're taking your plant-based cheese and that's really kind of making up the base of your sauce or you're doing like a sure. nut-based sauce. So this, it does like a, um, a cashew uh, and miso, a uh, little bit of white wine um, makes up the kind of creamy sauce. Um, and then to build the crust on the outside or on the top, it's breadcrumbs and then shredded chow. So it's kind of, it's kind of two, it's using both in concert with each other to get kind of that creamy and cheesy kind of uh, crunchy texture on the top. Uh, but I mean, you're using all of my favorite uh, 
vegan cheese words like uh, the white wine vinegar and the miso. So I'm here for it. Well, and you know, what's really fun about that recipe as well. And, and I, I can't, I can't uh, uh, divulge any names. The chef who shared this <laughs> secret with me uh, sworn to secrecy. I'm, uh, but anyway, um, a really cool thing to use in, in your sauces, if you want to make things really nice and creamy is you just, you peel a bunch of garlic cloves and, and you, you know, uh, you boil them in, in some water until they get nice and soft and tender. Um, and you reserve a little bit of the water, pull the, pull the garlic cloves out and blend that into whatever sauce you're using. And it's a really nice, the boiling, the cloves pulls all the sharpness out of the garlic. Um, and you just get that really nice kind of creamy sweetness from the garlic without being too kind of roasty sugary. Um, so I'm clarifying. Did you say we're putting the garlic in or were you reserving some of the water? So I reserve a little bit. Garlic, of the, right? I reserve a little bit of the water in case I need to add that to the sauce as well. Ah, because, got you. Okay. Because it's got a lot of nice, really uh, wonderful garlic flavor in it. Yes. Um, but but the cloves themselves will make the sauce really creamy. Well, that's uh, tips and tricks with Tommy McDonald, ladies and gentlemen. That's great. I'm holding on to that one. Uh, we're entering the appetizer arena with an appetizer's chapter with the tasty panzanella skewers, spicy corn and chili fritters, and white bean and eggplant crostini. What is an appetizer you like to serve guests from this book? A sort of crowd pleaser, if you will. Oh, man. So um, let's see. That panzanella skewer... That is a, that's a famous recipe. Let's see. I served that one at the, uh, I think it was the, it was either Humane Society or PETA had some ritzy gala thing hosted by, um, oh man, I'm going to blank on it. What is Emily Deschanel's sister's name? Zoe. Zoe. There we I go. I think she was hosting it. And, uh, and that's the dish I served. David Lee was like, you got to go, you got to host the table and you got to <laughs> represent the brand and you have to, and you got to, and you got to show out with like a really nice recipe. So I was like the one, one man show for, for the night, uh, in my corner of the venue. Uh, and that's the recipe I did. And it's really, it, it's really tasty. I love grilled bread. I don't know. Yes. Total guilty yes, pleasure, yes, yes. But grilled bread is so good. Um, so good. get a little char on it. Uh, nice. Yep garlic herb oil and then balsamic um the the kind of bite from the balsamic um and then the skewer has um the field roast italian sausage or 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 the fennel sausage from the book uh great combo uh, and then cherry tomatoes on the end for for just a pop of, of so just good. sharp acidity and sweetness yeah so, so good. I also made, this was another chapter. I made the sausage stuffed tomatoes with tomato jus from here. They were delicate and juicy, filled with like a perfectly spiced stuffing made with the field roast Italian sausage. So that was another one. I, and I remember flipping when I was flipping through the book. I just, I loved that picture with the tomatoes. It was so beautiful. I was like, I'm going to make this one. I'm gonna do Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so good. So good. And that takes us into the main event uh, chapter with mains items like orange Szechuan broccoli and grain meat dandan dan noodles uh making a side note to make those dandan dan noodles like when we get off this super call easy, uh, super <laughs> easy by the way Very oh easy they recipe. look delicious 
They they sound so delicious. And uh, we've got Tuscan shepherd's pie and ginger glazed lemongrass and ginger roast with blistered bok choy. What is a main in this chapter you knew you just had to put in this book? What had to be in here? Uh, that shepherd's pie, I, I think is just like classic comfort food. I love shepherd's pie, total guilty pleasure. Um, I just make because it's delicious. It is, and you just like make a bunch of it, and you're like having it for days, and you're like, oh no, yep. I gotta go back and finish it. I don't want to <laughs> have to throw it away. Uh, yeah, that's exactly. But you're so true. Whenever I do make a shepherd's pie, I end up having it. I'm like, oh, well, I'll have that for lunch the next day. Oh, and then like another yeah. day later, I'm like, well, I guess I'll have dinner as well. It's, it's and, there. And it never really gets old. You're never really like, oh, I'm so tired no. of it. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a that's a really fun one. Um, I love bok choy. Oh my gosh. And, and just like grilling it up, um, on the, uh, on, on the grill and kind of charring it up on the outside is really nice. Um, and then w- the way that we're prepping the roast in that recipe is <clears throat> it's kind of that, that take on the, on, on grilling and, and basting, um, which is kind of like a, it's, uh, it's like a quick braise on the grill almost. Um, but, but the, the meat really absorbs a lot of the flavor. Um, and, and it's just, it just, it just sucks up the the sauce when it's on the grill. And if you can keep the meat moist by, by continuing to baste it, um, it just keeps building and building and building layers of flavor. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's a really nice way to do it. And, and, you know, I'm always looking for more ways to kind of show up and show out on the grill um, for, for, for plant-based, right. So, you, you know, you never want to roll into the party and, and just have like the package of, of, you know, veggie dogs and, and some, right. you know, a couple old stale buns. Right. Right. Have, right. Or would you like some carrots and hummus? Can, like what, what can is you this? throw this quinoa burger on? It's like, they literally <laughs> made a commercial about that. Right. So right. you don't want to be, you don't want to be that person. So like, uh, especially when you have um, you have friends that maybe new to plant based, it's so it's so especially especially how people are eating now. Everybody's yeah. so curious about it, right? So, oh, what are you mm-hmm. what are you doing yep. there? What's what what is that that you're going up? Oh, what's in the sauce, right? Did you make the sauce? Oh, awesome. Oh, okay, wow. And what is that made out of? Oh, okay, cool. Can I try a bite? Yeah. So I think if you, I think, you know, some really cool kind of fun ways to show up on, on the grill, I think it, it, it is super fun. And I think we did a lot of that in the book and that's, that's something I, I continue, um, I, I continue to kind of focus on because I love barbecuing. I grew up just sure. like barbecuing all the time. I, I barbecue, even when it's cold out, um, it's like <laughs> snowing here in Chicago, I was barbecuing outside. I can see this journey for you. That doesn't surprise me at all. That's great. (laughs) Uh, Well, we've got a uh, sauces, stocks, dressings, and dips chapter. Are there any sauces or dips and things of that nature from this book that are staples in your home or that um, you've heard from people who have cooked from this book that they sort of make all the time and they stay stocked up on? Um, So it's got got the cheese sauce in there, the the cashew-based sauce, I think, which is really nice. Um, We we use it in a couple spots in the book. Um, it's great for like a gratin. Um, and, and you can kind of like make it in a big batch. I, I have a vacuum sealer at home, which is really, really nice. You can get them for cheap and get them at Costco, whatever. Right. And so when you have, when you make a big batch like that, 
Um, it's, you can, you can freeze the extra and it's real space efficient in the freezer. Just label it, date it. And then when you need it, you pull it out. Right. So if you, you need a a dish to bring over or you need an extra veggie dish for, for dinner, um, you can just chop up some, some cauliflower, uh, or some boiled potatoes or, or carrots or what have you. And you can use that cashew based sauce, um, as, as kind of a nice casserole base. Um, or, or boil it, uh, boil some pasta and toss, toss it with the pasta for, for a macaroni and cheese. So, uh, super versatile. That's a great one. Um, the, the stocks in there, it's, it's always great to make stock at home. Um, I'm an Instapot convert. Sorry. It took me a while. It took me a while to get into it. Free, free, free plug on your podcast, Instapot. (laughs) Where's, where's the deal? Um, where's the deal? Come on. Uh, no. So, so I, you know, you're just chop, you're chopping away during the week. You've got vegetable trim. Um, I just keep either a Ziploc bag or a big Tupperware in the fridge. Um, and I add, add the, uh, veggie trimmings to it. And then at the end of the week, toss it all in a roasting pan, um, just brown it up a little bit, olive oil, salt and pepper, um, and then pop it in the Instapot right before I go to bed. Um, and then just let it go you know, crock pot style, slow cook it until the morning, you know, you wake up with a beautiful smelling kitchen and a whole bunch of homemade, uh, homemade stock. That's perfect. I hope everyone's listening. He's really giving you some good stuff. I, there's actually, I love that you say that about, uh, you know, keeping the trimmings. That's a perfect, uh, tip as well. Everybody for trying to eliminate waste. There's always a use for all the vegetable trimmings and stock is one of the best ones, I think. So I love that. And that you're using the instant pot for it too. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I love the instant it's pot. Great. Yeah. And I throw, you know, I, so- I put, um, save your, uh, your potato peels. Um, I add some of those to the stock. It kind of gives it an extra little bit of body and, and kind of lusciousness. I think it's nice. Do you know what I do? I've started doing with my potato peels. I'll toss them in a little bit of oil and salt and pepper, and then I'll just bake them for a little bit. And it's almost like a fresh little potato chip. It's still that sounds good. That's it. We're writing a no waste cookbook. It's happening. Let's everybody it. here, the two of us, we just can't <laughs> stop. Well, the final here, we reached the end with the breads and sweets chapter biscuits, focaccia, pizza dough. You have us covered. And for sweets, we get into it uh, here with uh, vanilla rhubarb tarts. Anytime I see rhubarb, I'm here for it. Red, white, and blueberry shortcake and deep chocolate raspberry cake. What's your favorite sweet treat from this? Oh, party? it's rhubarb all day. I All day. I, I love yeah, it. I am on the rhubarb bandwagon. Uh, um, that'll be, we, we just relocated to Chicago. I haven't planted the garden yet because the snow is still melting away as we speak. <laughs> so rhubarb is probably going to be one of the first things we plant. I love rhubarb. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's so good. I did, um, we, I, I developed a strawberry rhubarb cheesecake for the summer here for the company I work with. And it did so well last year, but there were a lot of people that had never shockingly had never heard of rhubarb. They were very, they were like, what are you talking about? What is this? And I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, it's yeah. amazing. So I was so excited to sort of put that out and have it be so popular, but also sort of like have people intrigued by that ingredient as well. Well, that's uh that's the end of us talking about the book. We're reached to the part where we're at the book brag. Book brag. Can you tell us something you're most proud of when it comes to the this book, a little humble book brag. Hmm. Humble book brag. Let me see. It doesn't have to be humble either. You can just brag. Away. No, I, I think that um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that I was that I was the uh, 
<laughs> the full-on food stylist, but I had my hand in a good deal of the food styling and preparing of all the food for for the shooting uh, uh, for shooting the book with some help um, from a friend of mine uh, named named Blake Katagiri, also an excellent chef, um, and and it was so fun. Um, and I think it just turned out really great. And we had, we had some, some help from a really wonderful photographer. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's, maybe that's it. And, and just getting the book, getting the book, uh, written and, and published. Getting the damn thing done. No, it's right? it's such like... a labor of love and you just pour yes. yourself into it. Your whole, your whole, your whole darn self. And, uh, it's so true. It's just an intimate kind of journey sharing all these things that are in your head with people. Um, but it's, it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful to put, put that out there and, and, and see people enjoy it and and talk about it and, or hate it or, or, or whatever. <laughs> right. you like religiously looking over the Amazon reviews. Like, oh yeah. my gosh. She didn't like it. Huh? Too much salt. Okay. I tell you, I tell you those, those Amazon (laughs) reviews. I had my first book, somebody, the first name of my first book is called simply vegan. And there's a comment still that just, it just grates on me so much. They're like, this book isn't vegan. He uses mayonnaise in it. And I'm like, you're, you're kidding. It's vegan mayonnaise. Like, are you, are you joking? Come on. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I think though in the ingredient list, it even says vegan mayonnaise, but you know what? There's all kinds. It's fine. It's fine. Well, I certainly am so grateful that you released this beautiful cookbook into the world and grateful to have this expansion of field roast and sort of get into your mind too and see how it works as a chef. It's it's a really, really great book for anybody who wants to elevate their home cooking for sure. And this is going to take us into our baker's dozen rapid fire questions. Are you ready for some quick questions? Let's do it. Here we go. Waffles or pancakes? Waffles. Food on a skewer or a tiny spoon? Skewer. And this one I realized is going to be asking you like pick a baby here, but do you have a favorite item you've ever created for field roast? Oh, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist anymore, but foragers roast. It was so awesome. Okay. Okay. And hot sauce or barbecue sauce? Totally depends. Probably hot sauce though. But depends on the item, I would yes. imagine, right? On what and, it's going and, on. All and right. the hot sauce or, or barbecue sauce. Of course. Sure, sure. Very <laughs> uh, those, so. What was your job before field roast? Uh, chef. Right. And favorite spice to cook with? Ooh. Coriander seeds right now, but it changes all the time. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But that's what you're into right now. It's going to change. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the most creative person you know that inspires you? Oh man. Um, uh, my grandmother, she, she, she has an opinion about literally everything. (laughs) I think most grandmothers do, but, but she's just, she really does. I really love it when the answer is, is uh, grandmother. It's so good. Uh, who's a celebrity you would love to cook for? Jacques Pepin. And most frequently used tool in the kitchen. My knife, I guess. There you go. Favorite board game. Favorite board game. Um, been it, it's a uh, uh, re- recent see bias 
uh, Candyland because I've been playing a lot of it with my son. There you go. That's great. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Unexpected, but I do love that answer, and I do love Candyland. I might have to play it. Yeah. You just uh, like get you get some candy cravings while you're playing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Cupcakes or donut? Donuts. Favorite '80s sitcom? Oh, geez. Uh, uh, man, I'm I'm a '90s guy. Favorite '90s sitcom? <laughs> Favorite '90s sitcom? Um. Oh man, no Twin, judgment. Can I say Twin Peaks? Does that absolutely? That yeah, that goes. We'll we'll say we'll say TV show, so it fits right, right in there. That's great. Right. Uh, f- and your last one, you did great. Favorite quick meal to make a field. Favorite quick meal to make with a field roast product. Oh, um, oh, um, I like to use the uh, this the uh, the Mexican chipotle as kind of like a chorizo and some of the just yes. just egg. Ah, oh, oh, so sorry. Good. Total shout out to Just Egg, but dude, so that good. sounds delicious. Yeah. yeah, that sounds so good. Well, you did it. You did it. You're rapid fire. Well awesome. done, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, please let everyone know where they can follow you on social media. Um, at Stake Your Grain uh, on on Instagram. That's where you'll find me, or follow us um, at Field Roast um, Instagram or or on Facebook. We post all the time really cool recipes. Um, we've got a new website. It's excellent. Uh, it is great. Really great I just, recipes I just, on it. Our where to buy um, is is excellent. We up, upgraded it. We upgraded it. Woo! Um, but you can it's so you can good. go buy product. Like if you want to find chow cheese, this flavor, it'll tell you exactly where to go. Um, so that's that's awesome. Check out the website. That's it. So it's like it's got a locator button on it and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. Type in your zip code, or if you're in Canada, if you're in Canada, you type in your postal code. Um, <laughs> I love that. That's great. And I've t- actually taken a look at the website. I've seen the updated version. It's so lovely. So way to, way to go. Field Roast, just doing it, doing the thing. Everyone go get a copy of Field Roast, 101 artisan vegan meat recipes to cook, share, and savor everywhere books are sold. And of course, as Tommy said, you can follow Field, Ro- Field Roast on Instagram at Field Roast and find out everything you need to know about the brand at fieldroast.com and keep your eyes peeled for new products as they start to roll out. I um, really love watching Field Roast grow and grow. Tommy, it was great to catch up with you. Dustin, it was so nice talking to you. I, I hope I get to see you in person sometime soon yes me too maybe a little trip to uh chicago sounds appropriate of course after this pandemic's over i'll go anywhere so i'm I'm (laughs) hopefully gonna hit tons of places uh congratulations on this amazing book i'm honored to know you and thank you for taking the time to chat thank you so much i'll hopefully talk to you soon He's a chefy chef. You can tell he has such a passion for food and the work he does for Field Roast. And y'all, we looked up. Um, I feel like we just had a masterclass with Tommy. He's so good um, and so smart and loves food. And it's just, I really love it when I get people on here who are so passionate. When I bring up a recipe, they're like, oh, oh yeah, let me tell you about that one. That makes me feel really good about the book we're talking about when they really just have like their enthusiasm to share with me about that recipe. They're not like, oh my God, I forgot. You know, I, I wrote that so long ago. I can't remember. He remembered every single word written in this book and he was very excited to tell me about it. Or with a company like Field Rose, right. they could hand it to like anybody. Oh, and just sure. say like, here, use our yeah. use our stuff. Yeah. And like let us know. Like Yeah, and this is so much more than like a product cook 
cookbook too. It's and really it's chef curated really dishes that you can make at home and learn a lot of stuff from. It's an educational book and really pretty, as Devad says. Uh, we looked up Mafongo for you, Mafongo, because um, we film film. <laughs> we record these intros and outros, uh, not after we've done the interview already. Or else I would have said to Tommy directly, "Tell us about Mafongo." Oh my gosh, is it in there? And he talked about. It. I don't know. In case he didn't, because I don't think he did. Um, it is a tight ball of mashed plantains, and it's stuffed with um, meat bits, basically. And it's served with um, sort of a broth, it seems like. And it is a, a Puerto Rican dish. Yes, and it um, looks delicious. Yeah, it looks good. And um, I just, loved anything stuffed with something else. Well, it looks like it will have a lot of <laughs> textures and a lot of like juicy, like succulent mm. flavors. So it looks really, really good when we're looking at these pictures. So, anyways, Mofongo, and you can write into uh, Vegan Roadie DMs and tell me how wrong I am about all this. That's fine. I'm learning, as everyone else is. It's yeah. all good. All right. So, um, how about we got uh, what's Dustin's dish for the week? What do we got? Dustin's kind of inspired dish. by Field Rose. Were we inspired by Field Rose? What do we got? Yes, it is very much inspired by our field roast conversation here. While this book is very specific about making grain meat sausages, I want to talk about some simple ways to spice up tofu, seitan, and tempeh, mushrooms, or even broth to get that sort of hearty, meaty taste you might be looking for. Uh, And yes, vegan police out there, I said, meaty, don't come for me. I'm talking about that hearty taste that some people who just go vegan are searching for. Um, Some people want these things. And this is a totally vegan approach. You can do things like adding poultry season to vegetable broth, to make it a little more like a uh, vegan chicken broth. You can add ingredients like tamari or soy sauce, Bragg's aminos, or even like vegan Worcestershire sauce, red wine, red wine vinegar, and black pepper to uh, other broths to get that sort of like hearty beef broth. Then you can make that as well. Uh, On that note, like yesterday, we just made a club. uh, We were making club sandwiches and we brushed together olive oil mixed with tamari, nutritional yeast, and some poultry seasoning. And then we baked it uh, at 425 for like 20 minutes just till it was a little crispy. And then we had like that sort of like replacement of turkey on our club sandwiches yeah and it was super super easy easy. to make yeah just a little pastry brush and brush it on it's very very easy uh you can add tamari or soy sauce or bragg's aminos to mushrooms tempeh seitan and tofu when you are searing up or sauteing it and really gives it that rich deep flavor to make a great hearty addition to bowls or burritos love to do that with mushrooms and seitans together uh when i'm making uh like a philly cheesesteak Really, really makes that nice and hearty. Um, pour that cheese sauce all over it for that good, good mm, cheesesteak mm, situation, mm. honey. Uh, but another way to get flavors you want is to simply go to an old recipe you used to use from your carnivorous days and just use those spices. The spices that were in those recipes that yeah. they used on the meat, right? And yeah. use like any Easy. rubs or marinades and you just use that on your tofu or whatever vegan protein you choose. It's all about seasoning and creating the flavors you want, which is sort of the base of uh, field roast options too. So spice it up, honeys. Have fun. Yeah. And I mean, if, and I think, it, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, if you kind of taste it and it like feels like it tastes good to you, that's going to taste good when you brush it on and like bake it. How are you wrong on that? I'm, that's, I don't that's know. That's a beautiful thought. But like you just look and see if it's balanced, you know. Yeah, just play with your food is the thing. I mean, yeah. you're going to discover things you like and that you don't like. And um, then you'll discover favorites that you'll keep making all the time over and over again. It's great. Mm-hmm. 
Um, speaking of favorites over mm. and over again, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring it to our podcast to ask to rate, review, and subscribe. I'm Hopefully doing it right one now. Of your I'm favorites. doing it right now. Exactly. That's what we want to hear. I'm leaving you a review, us a review. Just I'm leaving you. us a review. I'm, you leave me a review, I'll leave you I'll a leave review. I'll leave you a review. <laughs> Fantastic. That's great. But our listeners, please, please, oh, please yes. rate, review, and subscribe to the Keep On Cooking podcast. That would be super helpful. Um, please, 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 super helpful. Yes. yes. All right. Thank you for listening. Come back next week for another episode. Until then, keep on cooking and remember, it's nice to be nice. This has been a Muzzy Cat production.